Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Hello, hello. Welcome to The Witch Next Door, my lovely listeners. It's Emily here from Wise Woman Witchery, and today we're going to do something a little bit different. So in honor of this spooky season, you missed my air quotes, but they're happening, Uh, (laughs) this time when the veils are thinning as we're moving closer to Samhain, a lot of us might be feeling some energy of those that have crossed over. And it seems like a very appropriate time to share some spirit encounters. So today's episode, I'm going to share with you a couple of spirit encounters that folks wrote in um, to me. And then I'm also going to share a recording of several spirit encounters that happened in a haunted house that one of our listeners lived in. So I hope you enjoy these spooky stories. So our first story comes to us from Cindy Cash, one of our listeners, who tells us that she has had many experiences and visitations, but this particular one has haunted her since 1973. So here is her story. My boyfriend and I had been out driving around and were headed to a friend's house at about 10.30 p.m. at night. I believe it was in March in Spokane, Washington. As we passed through the Francis and Market intersection headed north, a boy about the age of seven or eight, with blonde hair in white shorts, t-shirt, Converse sneakers, like the P.E. uniforms of the Meade Junior High wore back then, ran from the west headed east across the road over a concrete dividing island between the north and southbound lane right in front of the car. He was spotlighted in our headlights so I could see him bright as day. I screamed and reached over and shoved the steering wheel to the left to miss him, which ran us right up against the island and flattened the left front tire. The child was nowhere in sight as we stopped in the middle of the road. Of course, the boyfriend was mad as hell as I explained why I jerked the steering wheel. We were both stone cold sober. Both of us were 17. He was a good driver. He said he never saw a kid and he hadn't taken his eyes off the road. As I stood outside the car in the dark holding a flashlight, it was just us changing a tire. I swore then, as I will swear today, that I saw that child and I know we would have hit him if I hadn't grabbed the wheel. I know I'm just as certain that the little boy disappeared into thin air before he reached the right side of the road. The hair all over my body was standing on end that night, just like it is right now, and just like it does when I think of that happening in the night. I have been through that intersection thousands of times, all directions, all times of the day and the night, and have never seen him again. I know what I saw, and he was there. Then he wasn't. For years, I've wondered what made that ghost child run across the road if he was there because he lost his life or if he was just out running around to cause mischief. This is the absolute truth, and I relive the split second I saw him each time I go through that intersection, but I do not fear or shy away from this. I am at peace in my certainty. 
That's quite a story. And one that I would imagine other people have had similar experiences to. There are so many tales out there of things happening on the road at night and of people, you know, the white woman, the woman in white, we hear that, uh, that piece of folklore often. And this just reminds me a little bit of that, not in that he wanted to get in the car or needed a ride, but just this idea of roads being passageways, um, sort of a, a liminal in-between space. And I'll talk more about that um, in another interview that will be on next week's episode. But liminal spaces, roadways remind me of that. There are those areas where people are traversing, going the in-between, and it seems like a really appropriate place for these types of encounters to occur. Next up, we have Carolyn Sue, who is one of our listeners and has been a part of the Wise Woman Witchery community for quite some time. And she joins me live to talk about, well, we're not live when you're hearing this, but we were live together recording this uh, to talk about and share about a haunted house that she lived in. All right. So All right. I'm, I'm here with one of our listeners, Carolyn Sue. And she is going to share with us one of her or some of her ghost stories, because it sounds like you lived in a haunted house. I did. I, I lived in one for about um, six years, I think it was. Oh so, yes, it was a long time. So <laughs> tell me the story of this house and what was going on in there. OK, so we got the house when I was pregnant with my second child and um, I, I was in the military. So I came, the first thing that happened was I came home from work and I go and I go through the garage door, which opens to the kitchen and the kitchen sink is running and I walk over to it and I'm like, oh my goodness, it was full to the top. It was not, it was not running. uh, It was the water still running, but it wasn't running over Uh or under nothing. It was, it would not overflow at all. I called my, I turned it off. I called my husband. I was like, did you leave the water on? He's like, I'm, I'm not even, I'm out on a job. I'm not even near the house. And I'm like, okay, don't know why the water was running. So whatever, you know, didn't pay no mind. Well, um, I'd say a month or so later, I get home from work and I'm in the kitchen again, cleaning. And all of a sudden, now mind you, this is, 22 years ago all of a sudden the radio turns on full blast heavy metal (laughs) and again I could and this you know these are those tower speakers that are as tall as I am oh yeah you know 1990s radio there (laughs) so I called my husband like did you set a timer on the radio he's like there's no timer on the radio I'm like okay well first of all neither one of us listens to heavy metal at all (laughs) So it was on the wrong station to begin with. And it just pops on. I'm like, okay, well, I can attribute the popping on to some electrical glitch, but the total different station kind of weirded me out. And mind you, I'm pregnant right now at that point. So I'm like big fat pregnant. And so anyway, I have my baby and we're home and like, I would few weeks pass one morning I get up and I go to my daughter's bed she 
you know, she's probably three or four weeks old, and there's a diaper in the bed. Somebody had changed her diaper, and I'm like, did you change her diaper last night and forget to put the diaper in the trash? He's like, no. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just so tired that I don't remember changing her diaper. But when I change a diaper, I fold it up and pull the tabs and tape it up. So it would have been in a little ball. So it's like, okay, that's maybe I'm just so, so tired. Well, I don't know how long afterwards, but she's still super, super little, like less than two months old, probably. And my mother had bought one of those little things you tie on the crib and they kick it with their feet. Uh It's battery operated. It is not on. The power is off and it just comes on in the middle of the night. And the baby is not even big enough. My daughter's not even big enough to reach it, let alone kick it. So I was like, okay, something is weird in this house. And this is when it's starting to get too much. Okay. This is just <laughs> too much, too many things going on. You can't write it off at this point. Like you're, you're starting cannot. to go, something's up. So, at, and so just little things like that would happen. And then I would notice a pattern through the years, September, October, like September, early October is when it would start happening. Things ah. would start happening. It took me a couple of years to realize that. And I also noticed the rooms, like the the master bedroom and my daughter's room were always a little mm, cooler or um, like uh, just weird. (laughs) And so one time my mom was over visiting and we're all sitting in the living room. And she's sitting on a chaise lounge that I had in the living room that looked down the hall. Like, if you were laying on it, it would face down the hall. You'd have to turn to the side to watch TV, lay on your side to see the TV on it. And she looks at, like, I, I look at her and I see this look on her face. Like, she just has this, I was like, you saw her, didn't you? And she's like, yes. And I forgot to mention, by this point, my daughter's like four. And she's like in her room playing one day and I go in there and I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, mommy, who's the lady with the dark hair? Oh. And I'm like, lady with the dark hair. She's like, yeah, who's the lady that just walked out in the dark hair? And I was like, there's no one here with dark hair. My hair is red. And mind you, she's probably, she's four, maybe late three, four. Um, and she's like, who's the lady with the dark hair? And I'm like, there's no lady here with dark hair. So that was before my mom saw her. My mom saw her. She walked across from my daughter's room over to towards the hall to the bathroom. Well, through that bathroom's the master bedroom, uh, like on the backside. Uh-huh. So anyway, so those are some of the instances we had with her. And so I asked my neighbor, he was, he's our, he was our local pharmacist. And he, I said, have you ever known anything happening in around this house? If anybody died in this house, he said, well, my parents used to own this whole row of houses. And, um, he said, and a lady did hang herself in one of the houses. He said, I just don't know which one it is. Uh And I was like, um, I think it's mine because all these things keep happening that don't make sense. And it was never 
dark. I mean, it was like she was trying to help. All the things were like helpful things. So it was never dark things. It was always like, here, let me change the baby's diaper. Here, let me put some music on for the baby. Here, let me put some music on you. Let me wash dishes for you or whatever. She was like, it was, she was trying to help. So all of that, we finally moved. My dad takes my girls trick-or-treating and they go to that neighborhood. I think these houses were built in probably late 70s, maybe. You know, those traditional little brick ranch houses. Oh, sure. And, and so he takes my daughter's trick-or-treating and he goes to that neighborhood and the lady comes to the door and they're chit- my dad's a, to- I am not a good storyteller, but my dad, <laughs> he he's a, he's a, he's a very good storyteller so he's telling them well he well he took the girls and he's like have you ever noticed anything happening in the house and she said well one time we were in the backyard in the pool and we thought we saw a woman in the kitchen so we get out of the pool and we go in the kitchen there's no one there so this was not just me right or you know oh one more thing I forgot to tell you yes my mother was spending the night one night and she was upset about something. I don't know what, but she was upset. I'm sorry I keep looking around. I'm watching all the people in Walmart. <laughs> in the parking lot. Um, she, she said that the lady or the, whoever, she didn't know at the time, but um, she felt the bed go down, like someone uh-huh. sitting on the bed. And then her hair moved like that like they were pushing her hair out of the out of her face or whatever she felt it like do that and so after that's when she saw her walk across the hall and I was like you saw her didn't you she's like yes and I was like that's her you know we're used to her by now she's just our little resident ghost that likes to roam around and do little nice little things for us but that was the house we lived in and she was she was still there when we left. Uh, whoever has the house now knows she's there. And so, did you get house- to a point where you just weren't weren't scared or nervous anymore? It was like, oh, okay. Yes, but if if I was home and alone, like, um, I would sleep with the TV on. Would you? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I sleep with, with the night shift. <laughs> if my husband's worst was on night shift, I would sleep with the TV on, and because it it. It was scared, but not scared. Like, I didn't think she'd do nothing bad, but I just also felt I wasn't alone. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. But it was weird how it started in the fall. And I never put that. And that was my journey. That was the beginning of my journey in in the um, mystical or witchcraft or cult. That was the beginning uh-huh. of my journey. So I did not know at that time that that was an, the thinning of the veil area. I did not know uh-huh. that. But because I was like, when I was planting and flower beds and stuff, I would always find weird items in the uh, yard. And I was like, what did they build my house on? Is this some kind of old, you know, what used to be here, old homestead or something? These weird things I find digging up in the yard. What did you find so, digging up in the yard? Weird stuff like... um pieces of like bought little antique bottles pieces oh. of trash and um just little little trinkets and just weird things that didn't make sense to where they would have been at that uh-huh. time 
like why is this why would this be right here three feet down I don't know it was weird though I still have some of the little bottles they're like little medicine yeah looking about real thin bottles but I still have some of those I kept those and then um so I was like okay they must have built the house on some old homestead or something it was weird but no apparently a lady hung herself in the house and she was she was a helpful ghost but she was real and everyone close to me and my friends they all knew she was there they you know a lot of them witnessed her her presence so it was it's a like even the non-believers believe because they like my mom she felt it she saw it you know and my dad he'd come keep the kids over and things he he's like wow you know that's and then he the people that bought it were like yeah we see her so she's there and she's a nice ghost but I do have one more story yeah okay so <laughs> me and- it's all coming back now huh <laughs> this is a different thing this is a different, oh, different oh, okay. thing this is more I don't know if this is a bad spirit or a lucid dream or mixed together but my mom and my sister and I we go to Eureka Springs up in North Arkansas every year it's a very magical mystical place it's Uh a lot of occult stuff there and we go and we used to stay in the crescent hotel which is one of the haunted hotels up there well nothing ever happened me and my sister would stay up four o'clock in the morning nothing would ever happen so we never got to witness any of the the ghosts that are resident ghosts they call them well we started renting this old cottage like from the 1800s uh-huh. and the first couple of times we stayed there it was so cozy and you're like oh I don't even want to go shopping or anything I just want to sit in this house and be comfortable and you know it's just really cottagey cozy you know the little wrought iron fence the little gate and everything you just want to be there well the year of COVID that fall we went back and it's only a two-bedroom cottage, so I always sleep on the couch. I'm only 4'11", so I'm really short, <laughs> so I just pop on the couch, and uh, so I'm sleeping on the couch. Well, apparently, I was dreaming a night terror or something, but this man with the, he had on the traditional red and black uh, lumberjack shirt. Oh, huh. And uh, old gene type stuff I couldn't see his face or anything I just saw his arm reach to my head and grab me like I'm gonna sing like that grab me by my hair and pull me like too slow so slow just drag me off the couch and I'm cussing at him in my dream uh, that's real to me right um I'm I'm yelling and cussing so my sister runs in there and she's like Sue Sue wake up wake up you're dreaming you're having a bad dream I was like oh oh god Jill, it was so real I mean this dude I could I can my head hurts uh-huh. like I it my head is hurting where he pulled my hair and so she's like it was just a dream you're having a night terror just you know calm down and, and so I calm down and it takes me a little while but I go back to sleep well, guess who comes back? Mr. Lumberjack comes back 
But this time, he grabs my hair, like, by a, I, apparently my hair was in a braid. He grabs my braid, pulls me again. I mean, so slow, just pulls me, drags me off the couch. Again, I'm cussing at him, going, let go of me, you MFR, just cussing him out, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm not a bad cusser, really, but... <laughs> Apparently, I was pretty mad at it. He was hurting me. And my sister comes in there again. Sue, you're screaming in your sleep. You're yelling in your sleep. You're having a dream. I was like, Michelle, it was so freaking real. I said, Can-? she's like, come sleep with me. So I went and slept with my sister. The rest of the trip, I was not comfortable in that house. And I could not sleep. I slept with my sister. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's, and it's, like I think it was a double I don't even full-size bed I don't even think it was a queen I think it was a full-size bed me and my sister I mind you we're like you know 50 so (laughs) I'm so sorry you know I don't but the house either someone brought something into that house like a new piece of furniture or some item in that house that had something attached to it that didn't like me being on that couch because it I mean it literally so I don't know if it was more of a lucid dream or what, but it was really weird that when I went back to sleep, it did it again. Uh-huh. And that freaked me out. I, ca- I can't stay in that house anymore. So my mom, we do not go, we don't rent that house anymore because, um, I mean, cause we always go to the stores and, you know, cleanse it and everything, but I was like, no, I can't risk it. So we we go back, we go back to the hotel the next year, and my sister stays in one of the rooms that's supposed to have the doctor in it. And I can't tell her story because I'm I don't remember it all. But just because I wasn't in the room with her, she experienced <laughs> the resident ghost there. And I was like, dang it. But she has way more better ghost stories than I do. But those are some of the experiences that I've had with the other side. So. Yeah. Those, well, but, those all sound a little bit unnerving. Unsettling. Yeah. Some, my mother, when I was little, little, probably before three, because I know we moved when I was three. So before I was three, I wouldn't remember. I wouldn't know. But I, she has stories. Uh-huh. And it was a two-story house. And she said that when um, she said it was not a nice, it was a man and it was not a nice man, she said, she said that they would go and um, go places and come back. Like she would shut all the windows, turn off all the fans. But when they come back, the fans would be on and the windows would be up. Uh-huh. And then one time her and my father got into a fight, an argument, and the spirit um pushed my father like moved like oh did something to my dad and so he you know they and then he would do things with the stairs and I don't remember everything she told me but those are the things that stuck out in my mind but she is a firm believer so that's why when she saw the woman at my house she believed because she had already experienced something else like that before. So she knew. And um, so those are just a few of my little stories that I have. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you sharing them with us because what's true is I think when you start talking to people, most people have had something, something that mm-hmm. they kind of went, huh? Or full blown, like, 
oh yeah, that was legit like a spirit encounter. But yeah. I think most of us have had it. And, and I think what you're offering here is a really good example of, you know, there are energies living in the spaces we're inhabiting as well. Yeah. And so often we get used to them. And, you know, I know multiple people who have been like, oh yeah, I lived in a haunted house and this was the spirit. And we were just, you know, we were on okay terms. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I'm a firm believer of spirits and, mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, cause I've, that was, that house was my first experience ever I mean and it was a a positive one I mean she was a nice ghost but I just think it was really odd how my water was running and it did not overflow I mean you know because sometimes it would flow from to the back down the Uh faucet side I opened the sink the doors under the sink no no water no nothing and that's weird that that's that was unexplainable to me full blast water turned on going nowhere so that one was really unexplainable to me. So, but you know, most people write, do write things off to electrical thing mm-hmm. charges or you're just so tired. You did it. You forgot whatever. But some of those things you just can't explain anymore. Totally. They, yeah. Yeah. So those are my stories. Well, thank you for sharing them with us. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here with me today. Well, I, I, I'm glad you listen. I'm a horrible storyteller. So no, um, if you're I not had a horrible re- storyteller. <laughs> if I had to rephrase anything you tell me, it's 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 very difficult. But those are <laughs> um, <laughs> I cannot repeat stories to tell my life. They'll be like, "What's she saying?" I'm like, "Uh." I don't All right. Our final story of this episode comes from a listener, Amy Lou Benjamin, and this is her story in her words. Around the time that I was gifted with my rose quartz runes, I was living in a student house with two other housemates. I had a marble sitting on my desk and I thought it moved on its own, but it hadn't. My floor wasn't fully flat as the floorboard supports had some flex when walking on them. So I freaked out a little and asked one of my housemates to help me to either debunk the marble or help me stop freaking out. Next, I was stood with my back very close to one of the walls in my room. All of a sudden, the air around me changed temperature. I tested this with my housemate as a witness. I took a step forward into cold ambient air and stepped back into warm air. Stepped to the right and then to the left with the same result. Around me, the air was warm, but it was cooler in the rest of the room. What happened next was truly mind-blowing as I felt a hand against my right shoulder, like someone had gently stroked where my shoulder becomes my upper arm. I asked if it was my mom, and then I felt another hand in the same place that gave my shoulder a gentle squeeze, like the kind of squeeze you get when someone is trying to comfort you. I also smelt roses very clearly, which were nowhere in my room or even in the house. I associate roses with my mom as we had a miniature rose bush planted next to my mom's headstone and I have a rose tattoo on my left shoulder for her. This is awesome story. So many times when people have told me their stories or I've read stories over the years, uh, I have heard about, you know, people having smells. I definitely have had the experience of smelling something uh, and I've had a couple instances of feeling something uh, like actual physical touch. More often than not for me, it comes across these encounters come in different ways, but 
But I love both of these being such tangible uh, sensations. So thank you, Amy Lou, for that awesome story. All right, wise ones, that concludes this week's episode of Spirit Encounters here on The Witch Next Door. Next week, I have an awesome conversation that I got to have with Christine Michelle of My Tarot Lady. My Tarot Lady, Christine Michelle. Uh, she actually did a podcast with me a couple weeks ago in preparation for the the season of the witch conference. And this next episode that we recorded together is actually a telling of her spirit encounters for she is a psychic one and definitely sees the spirits. So uh, that'll be next week. I hope you'll tune in and listen for a little bit more of that Halloween vibe. Until then, keep it magical. Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by... You can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you can do all those things. You can just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some comments. cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or, wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. This must be so- <laughs> there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.